Um, okay, good morning. Today is Chafei Shvat. Happy Chafei Shvat. There's like a special um, espresso, just saying. It's right. a special day. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. It's, a, it's yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, I mean, let's do brachas after. Okay, so we're, I apologize if today's Hanya feels a little bit repetitive to yesterday's Hanya, not that anybody remembers, I never remember anything that happened yesterday, but it is a little bit of the same concept that we're going to be talking about again, but just in a, where the altar is going deeper. Whenever the altar repeats, seemingly repeats, it's like this similar but deeper, and that's where we're going now, so I bless us all to whatever insight we had yesterday to just let it go a little bit deeper. Um... So we're in the middle of this parak Chav Gimel, where the altar was basically talking about, we just talked about the unity of God, right? How literally all of creation is one with Hashem. Why are we talking about that? Because we're talking about the vantage point of our godly soul. Why are we talking about the vantage point of our godly soul? Because in the life of a Benani, where we have this dynamic happening between animal soul and godly soul, we need to be able to see things from the perspective of the godly soul. We need to be able to have access to the godly soul's vision to know when the godly soul is talking so that when we're engaging with our animal soul, we're not engaging with our animal soul from a place of animal soul, but from a place of godly soul. So now what we're talking about is how does the godly soul see things? How do, what does the godly soul know about reality? What we've been saying is that what the, God, the main thing that the godly soul knows about reality, pretty much the only thing that the godly soul knows about reality and everything else is symptoms of this, is that in a mavade, that there will never be anything outside of Hashem like ever and anything and always it's oneness everything is oneness including the animal soul including the klipa including any moment that this person that is now finding the access of this space of godly soul whatever moment that this person will find themselves in the godly soul says this too is Hashem this too is Hashem so that was the beginning chapters and now in chapter 23 the altar is bringing it really down the altar is basically saying well okay so that's a really big concept but how is that going to impact my, the daily moments of my life? Specifically in the effort that I'm trying to do or the trying to do the effort of actually doing Torah mitzvahs. Like what does one have to do with the other? Like how is that inspiring me to listen to, to what my animal soul says? Oh, this moment doesn't really matter. Oh, this, you know, just doing a there. It doesn't really matter. How, it, does this con- how does this consciousness actually affect that moment? And what Alter was teaching us is that it's not that the world is oneness and then there's Hashem and then there's you. <laughs> it's the world is oneness and the DNA of all of reality is Hashem's desire to have a relationship with you. Meaning the, the part, like you inside of creation is not like the added bonus of reality. All of reality, the DNA of all of reality, the underlying story of all of reality, the, the oneness that reality is, the Ratzon Ha'elyon of that oneness, aka the oneness itself, the stuff that is reality, is Ratzon Ha'elyon. What is Ratzon Ha'elyon? Hashem's desire to have a relationship with the Yid through Torah Mitzvahs. So when we're engaging with Torah Mitzvahs, we're not doing something in route to getting somewhere else. When we're doing Torah Mitzvahs, we are literally immersed within the very fabric of reality we're, we're immersed within the oneness of reality we're immersed within like the, 
inner intention, not only that made reality happen, that's what Elder, the Altar taught us in chapter 22, it's not that the world comes from God. So that's the voice of Klippa. This came from Hashem is the voice of Klippa. It's not that this came from Hashem. This too is Hashem. There is no moment that is not Hashem. And when I'm engaged with a mitzvah, I'm literally expressing and engaged with that truth because what, it's not only that this moment is Hashem, it's that this moment is Hashem's desire to have a relationship with me. A mitzvah is me leaning into that relationship. Learning Torah is me engaged with that desire, fully in intimacy with that desire. So Torah mitzvahs are not just afterthoughts. They are, they are what reality actually is. It would be like saying that Torah mitzvah is, that the world is here, and so we do Torah mitzvahs is saying like, oh, the house exists, and so me and my spouse love each other inside of it. In, in like in true romance like in like this ideal situation the home is built from the people's love the home without the people's love the house could just be an abandoned house there's no difference between that apartment and the next door's apartment okay so it's a physical border of a house fine but there's no home what is the home the home is the people's love is the couple's love the, the, the world is the love between the Yid and Hashem. The world is Ratzan Elyon. Hashem looks into the Torah to create the world. The Torah precedes the world. What are we saying? The DNA of reality is Torah. What is Torah? Hashem's desire to have a relationship with us. So when we're engaged with Torah mitzvahs, again, we're not, it's not something extra to creation. It is the nature of creation, which is unity between us and Hashem. So today we're going deeper into talking about, we've been talking about why mitzvahs have that unifying factor with Hashem. Now we're talking about specifically Torah, why Torah specifically creates that not only a Merkava, not only <coughs> Guf and Neshama connection, but literal intimacy. Literal intimacy to like me and you are one in such a way that like you're inside of me, I'm inside of you, we're like fully immersed in each other. And this happens specifically through Torah. So, <laughs> This divine will, this Ratzon Ha'elyon, again, what is this divine will? Hashem's desire to have a relationship with Yidin, specifically through Torah Mitzvahs. Why is it specifically through Torah Mitzvahs? I'm not sure, and we're going to talk about that at the end. I had a different concept about that since, since yesterday. Um, this Ratzon Ha'elyon, which is in perfect unity with Hashem, is now in perfect unity with my divine soul. The light has to upon him call with absolutely no veils. This divine illumination of the Ratzon Elyon is completely illuminated in my soul. And again, my soul is not a space inside of me. My soul is the entirety of my being when I'm aligned with that consciousness. It's not like it's illuminated in this cage in my heart. Suddenly that cage is full of light. This, we're not talking about spatial things. We're talking about a state of consciousness of being that is the purpose of reality. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just like, oh, there's light in this place of my chest. It's that my entire being now is illuminated with, godly, with this Ratzana Elyon because my godly soul is not something inside of me. It is, it is me. <laughs> It follows at that time that because my God, because my God, this soul, aka me in that moment, is united with the Ratzon Elyon, I'm also united with the Ein Sof Mamish because the Ratzon Elyon is not Hashem's secondary thought. The Ratzon Elyon, Hashem's desire to be in this relationship with me, is His primary state of being. It's the Ein Sof Mamish. 
With the unity to Hashem's speech that's still within his own thought, like we talked about in chapters 21. It's him in his essence of self. <laughs> like, that's the unity happening here. I'm not only relating to you on a level of, on a level of expression, on a level that, I'm not only relating to you on a level of, oh, what do you do? How do you live? What's, what, no, no, no. It's like, we don't even have to say each other's name. We're looking at each other's soul. We're, we're so with each other that it's like, there's no distinction anymore between like, what I look like and what you look like, or what I think about myself and what you think about yourself. There's, it's essence, essence. How is this possible? Ki shum davar nifred, because in truth, there is actually nothing separate from Hashem. Ki in behester panim, el, except for this concealment of Hashem's countenance, concealment of Hashem's face, like we said above. So just noticing, like, when, we're, when we enter into the state of oneness, we're not going somewhere. We're just taking off the veil that we had before. Like, why? Oh, how is this possible to be in such unity with God? I'm just a physical human being. How is it possible that I could be in this literal intimacy, not only with the creator of the world? We say that a lot. Oh, intimacy with the creator of the world. We're talking about the level of Hashem that's before he became creator. We're talking about the level of Hashem, the depth of Hashem. That's, that's the reason he decided to create. It's like saying, um, I love my children's mother. That's like saying, I love the creator of the world. I'm in love with the creator of the world. Yeah, there's, a, there's value to that relationship. It's almost like Yehuda Tata. And there's, there, there's, there's value there. And there's real pages of Chassidus that talk about that relationship. But right now we're talking about a relationship that's, I don't love the mother of my child. I love my wife. I love my lover. I love the one who I fell in love with from this place of pure, unbridled intimacy and pure, unbridled, I see you, you see me. That's what, that's what we're talking about. This Ratan Elian. <laughs> oh, well, well, yeah. It always sounds like so beautiful, you know, a love story, romance, and it's like, cut the crap. <laughs> it takes work. It's not so simple. And yet, the fact that it takes work makes it even more beautiful. And it doesn't does. make us not want to try to. Of course. Have it. I'm just saying, it, like people that come into matters, I think it's going to be like so easy, you know. <laughs> don't worry, no one. I mean, I know. bless you all. No one thinks that about so their relationship easy. with Hashem. Don't worry. <laughs> <coughs> right now, before we talked about the before we talked about all mitzvahs, now we're specifically talking about limited Torah. Yeah. And also, like with mitzvahs, they're like really not easy. Hundred percent. It's the same kind of. And learning Torah is on. Yeah. Forcing yourself to like do something that's hard for you. Even when I don't get how this is unifying us, I don't get how this is part of our part of the bigger picture of our relationship. I don't like. What? What's on your mind? Like, this just seems like a, like, like something that one spouse tells the other spouse, this would be really meaningful to me. This would, this would bring, this would make me feel closer to you. This would really enhance our relationship if you started doing something in this way, right? That other spouse says, why do you need that? That, like, let me give you the way that I want to give you, you know? And it's like, I don't know. The difference is with mitzvahs, and this is like the part that I always go back to that trips me out every time, is like, my soul also gets why I do mitzvahs. Like, I, I think I say this probably every single day, but like, we don't, we aren't engaged in this relationship with Hashem because Hashem commanded us to be in a relationship with Him. 
we're engaged in this relationship with Hashem because on some eternal, infinite level, the souls of the Yidin and Hashem are in this story together. And mitzvahs, they both agree. We both agree that mitzvahs are the expression of that. Torah is the expression of that. Like, the Yidin came before the Torah. So it's like... Okay. I see your brain turning. Figure for your brain. Let's go inside for now. Not only this. This unity that's created from a person learning Torah, engaged with the Torah is even greater than the unity that's created in higher worlds. We'll talk about that soon, in relation to the Rabbitson. Because this Ratan Ha'elyan is literally, literally revealed in the moment that this person is engaged with Tara. Why? Because the Tara is actually the Ratan Ha'elyan. The Tara as we perceive it is like a book with stories and with laws and with animal sacrifices it's not that on a different level the terror is Ratan Ha'elyan it's that if I saw it as it really is I would see Ratan Ha'elyan that's it's like that's why terror is compared to water because like as great as as high as water comes from it's the same water that comes down here the terror that I that I'm experiencing it is Ratan Ha'elyan I'm not seeing it but that doesn't mean that the Ratan Ha'elyan, when I learned Torah, isn't revealed in my soul. It is. I'm just not experiencing it. But it, it is the same Ratan Ha'elyan that's revealed in my soul. And all the supernal worlds, all the higher worlds, receive their vitality from light that's received from the Torah. This world, essentially, is Torah. Upper worlds are for the sake of Torah. Everything was made with wisdom, even the higher worlds. But it's not the Ratan Ha'elyan itself. It's, it's, the ex, it's the manifestation of the Ratan Ha'elyan. It follows then that Hashem's wisdom transcends them all. Torah transcends them all. The Torah is Hashem's will. The Torah is, is so great, in essence, that we're calling this, it's this Ratan Ha'elyan, this depth of Hashem's deepest desire. So we're calling it this encompassing light that cannot be enclosed within reality. And yet, the he he, and yet, even though it is this super infinite, intense energy, and not only energy, depth of Hashem's deepest desire, it's this infinite light, it's this infinite place of Hashem's, this depth of Hashem's inner essence that is in wrapping and encompassing my soul when I am engaged with Torah. And the altar says, even if you can't see it, even if you're not experiencing it, and the Altarah puts in brackets, it's specifically because you can't see it that you're able to be one with it. It's specifically because the Torah looks like parchment and ink that I'm able to learn it and thus be united with the Ratzin Ha'elyan. If I was aware of the depth of Ratzin Ha'elyan that's in, that is within the Torah, I would, be bush, like I would be completely nullified and thus I would not be able to be one with you. It would be like, it's like a, a bit of a tangented example, but I was thinking like a couple, like when you're falling in love with somebody, when you lose yourself, you can't even love them. When I, if I don't have a sense of self, it may look like I'm loving you, but I'm not. There's just, there, there's no real love there. 
It's when I have a sense of self and I'm in love with myself and I have that upright sense of self and love of myself that, that I can then truly and deeply and fully love you. Exactly. If you're not one, if I'm not I. Yes, exactly. There's there's no sense it's I love you if there's no I. Yeah. Literally, it's because I I have my own self that thus I can I can love you. That's like if we were so if we were immersed within the Ratzon Ha'Elyon in a way that we didn't have a sense of self, there would be no unity anymore. It would just be, and as we know, like why again? This is purpose of creation since before time began, but. The purpose of reality is for us and Hashem to have this relationship where there's choice, where there's a me and a you becoming us. And so specifically because we can't see the depth that happens when we do a mitzvah, when we do Torah, when we're in this unity, that we could actually be united in this way. Um, we have, what time is it? Okay, I, I want to read you guys. Um, Rifka Granite sent me... Rifka Granite sent me a text that she wrote after... Tanya the other day and I just want to read it out loud it was so precious um, she says I want to tell you last night when I said Shema I was trying to really concentrate on the idea that at the moment when I'm saying these words I'm fully connected with no separation and that maybe I'm not connecting to the words but my soul is connecting to the commandment that's uniting me fully with the purpose of everything and pretty much tripped that's connecting me with the purpose of everything comma and I pretty much tripped <laughs> um, and just noticing like that's what we're talking about here like that it's not that I'm experiencing this unity and so it's real it's like totally random but I'll never forget one day like when I I think it was like in seminary it was like a long time ago and like this woman was talking this teacher was talking and she said that like she was like on shluchos in India and she said that she bought she went to this like market one time and she bought this like Tibetan looking dress and she was like trying she tried it on she looked in the mirror and she was saying, she's like, I looked at myself in the mirror and suddenly like, I saw a Tibetan woman. And I'm like, I don't want to be a Tibetan woman. I want to be a Jewish woman. Why am I wearing a Tibetan dress if I want to be a Jewish woman? And that was like what she said. But it, the, the impact of like that story like struck me so deeply. Where I, I don't know why it was that story that made me realize this, but I just realized like styles change all the time. Like one day it's in to have small eyebrows the next day it's in to have big eyebrows the next day it's in to have long skirts the next day it's in to have short skirts the next day it's in and i was like we're doing that to ourselves all the time one second we're qualifying our life by this thing and then the next we get that thing and then we're suddenly qualifying our life by another thing and then suddenly we get that thing and then we're qualifying our life by another thing and then we make this amount of money and suddenly we need this amount of money and then we get this and then we suddenly need that and i i, I finally stopped beating myself up about that and so suddenly i'm Meeting myself, it's like we're constantly like identifying our realities in these ways, and it's just like, what if, what if, what if the identity of our lives was not created by my perception of it? Like, what if the way that I'm seeing myself is not where I begin and end? And like, on a deeper level, like that's what we're. It, 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 to me, it's like the time what we're saying now. Like when I'm engaged with Tara, aka. And it's not that when I'm engaged with Torah, I go somewhere else. When I'm engaged with Torah, I'm just experiencing the truth of reality that is usually veiled, which is that this moment is nothing but Hashem's love for me, but my love for Hashem, but this unifying energy of love. And it's like, no matter what I think is happening this moment, that is actually what's happening this moment. Meaning the way that I'm perceiving this moment is not where this moment is starting and ending. And it's like, 
Yeah. Ooh, come to class more often. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Always tell me to circle back. I love it. About what your last Tell me what my last sentence was. Like how. Like about. Why did you just say it again? Um, the Tibetan woman? Yeah, if only our perception of reality wasn't what set our reality? Is that you, what you were saying? Well, if only we realized that our perception of reality is not what reality is. Right. And if we, if we could almost expand our consciousness, that's what we're doing with trying to tap into our God's soul. Our animal says, our animal soul says, Ailam Hazeh is Ailam Hazeh is Ailam Hazeh. This is this is this is this is this. There is nothing but this. I think I need this in order to be happy, and that is true. Without this, I will not be okay, and that is true. This person is triggering me, and thus I cannot have a good life until that person changes, and this is true, right? Godly soul says, ah, I see a bigger story going on. I see a bigger reality going on. It's like that song, like, maybe this is the purpose. Maybe this exact moment is the reason for which I'm alive. Like, I see something happening that is much bigger than my small vision of what this moment is. And thus, I don't suddenly not be triggered anymore, but I actually can see my trigger with an open-hearted, compassionate, and like excited way because I'm like, oh, you too are here to grow me. You too are here to bring me closer to Hashem. That's how God dissociates reality. And it's like, what we're saying about Tara, I'm coming back because I know someone is here that cares about coming back to the original point. What we're saying about Tara is that the moments that I'm engaged in Tara, I'm engaged with this unity in such a way, in such an intimate, deep way, even though I can't see it. And it's like, what if we could notice that even though we can't see the depth of what our lives actually are, even though we can't see, and it's actually, it's funny, like, I, I'm judging myself that I'm going on a tangent here, but I'm not. It's almost the point of these chapters that we're trying to learn about what my godly soul sees reality as, and then even though... Throughout most of my day, I do not have access to this vision because I know that I have this vision inside of me, I could tap into this thought process. I can tap into this experience. As we know that godly soul goes from thought to emotion, thought to mind to heart, moach to lev. And so it's like, no, I'm not going to naturally experience my life all the time in this wide vision, in this full of breath, open-hearted I see the bigger picture. Oh, I'm totally triggered, but I see the bigger picture. Oh, I'm totally short of breath right now and I can't, I'm so freaked out and and, in fear. Oh, but I see the bigger, no. I'm not always gonna go there right away emotionally, but what we're learning is how to train our, our train ourselves to notice that we we do have this place of self inside of us. We do have this vision of reality that sees life this way. And slowly but surely, as Althabra is gonna say soon, like la'at, la'at, what we can do is we can tap into this mindset. In the moments where we see ourselves enwrapped and engaged with animal soul consciousness, we'd be like, wait, I recognize this is animal soul consciousness. What would my godly soul say here? What would my godly soul say here? But in order to do that, we have to be able to differentiate between what is animal soul and what is godly soul. And what we're saying is that godly soul sees reality from this perspective. Not from the perspective where I'm judging, oh, I'm learning the words of Tyra. It, it is only black ink on white pages and it starts and ends where my perception of it does no god this soul says i see that within this reality of learning Torah, i'm connected with the ein sof mamish why because to begin with i've always been connected with the ein sof mamish to begin with every ounce of my life is nothing but the ein sof mamish and when i learn Torah, i'm engaged with that reality 
That's why it's revealed when I learn Torah. And even though it's not revealed in a way that I can see, it's revealed in my soul. So, um, last paragraph for today. And that's why Torah learning is even greater than all the mitzvahs. Even tefillah, which what does tefillah do? Tefillah binds the upper and lower worlds. And that's why, quick halacha, that's why when somebody, unless somebody, why do we have to pause our Torah for davening? And it's because officially we would be pausing our Torah anyways, and so if we're pausing our Torah, we should be pausing it for davening. But ideally, in an ideal world, Torah is even greater than davening. Why? Because we're saying that it's actually, talk about romantic, it's almost like, the most romantic halacha ever. Hashem is saying that more than I want you to do the work of our house, which is uniting the upper and lower worlds, I want you to be one with me. I want you to just sit with me and be one with each other. Like that's really actually what I want. So it turns out that we have to also do other things because, for the sake of the bigger picture of our romance. And so thus I go to Davin, thus I go to do a mitzvah. But in reality, what I, what I desire is you. What I desire is you, is you. So, lechaim levracha, tuchafei shvat. Take five minutes right now and just, I want to just add to the trip from yesterday because I've been, it's like, it's almost my first year actually connecting to tuchafei shvat. It's fading if I want to look at my notes or just take two minutes and say whatever's in my heart because I have no idea what my notes say. <laughs> but basically... Rebbe Chaim Mushka does not start and end where, her, where the stories of her life do. I always had a very hard time connecting to her because I was like, oh, the story is so simple. The, story is so, the stories are so, like, what are they? Her giving her chocolate to somebody. We say the stories of like her going to get her nails done, going to the library, paying rent to that one person. Like all the stories that we hear of her are so seemingly simple that I was, I was thinking, I'm like, especially based on Tanya these days and just... What is Torah if not for stories? Like, what is Torah? Torah is stories of real people doing real things. <laughs> Desire, pain, grief, mistakes, longing, joy, laughter. Torah is stories and Torah is physical actions. Torah is stories and Torah is mitzvahs. And I was thinking, I'm like, we're saying that the depth of the universe, the depth of reality is Torah. And it's like, what, just like noticing for myself, like where did I learn along the journey of my life that the depth of my life, that the true way of living, that the true like ultimate secret of the universe is not actually just me engaging with the stories of my life, me engaging with my humanness of being alive, with the humanness of being alive. Like where did I learn that to be godly is to somehow be something other than myself. You know what I mean? And it's like, like, and it was like a, it was like a journey of a trip with the Rabbi Tanachai Mushka thing because at first I was like, first I tripped out. I'm like, okay, she's more than her stories. She's not only her stories. She's more than her stories. She's who she was before she was born. She's who she was after she was born. When Rabbi Tanachai Mushka passed away, the world literally changed. The energy of Malchus was shown into the world. The sikhas of Tefshin and Alph and Tefshin and Beis, which are the sikhas of Mashiach, the sikhas of Malchus being in reality, only happen after Rabbi Tanachai Mushka passes away. Meaning her energy is the energy of Mashiach, is the energy of Malchus that I experience in my life. 
this energy of Malchus that the Rebbe taught me. The Rebbe is saying, I can open my eyes and see Mashiach. That is the Rebbe Tzachai Mishka's energy happening in reality. It's, it's the woman's energy happening in reality. She's the Malchus of the Rebbe. So at first I was like, oh, so she's so much more than her stories. But then I'm like, no, it's not only that she's so much more than her stories. It's the... It's it's I can't talk in the video at the same time. <laughs> Repeat it after. It's not only that she's so much more than her stories, it's that because she's so much more than her stories, the depth of her life is actually expressed through her stories. It's like when we talk about the depth of Torah, we don't say, oh, so let's skip over the whole part of Avraham and Yitzchak and Yaakov and Sarah and Rivka and Rachel and Leah and David and Nachana and all these people, and let's just talk about the true inspiration. No, every year, again, we learn the words, the psukim, the, the, the stories of Tara. Maisha, the Yidin, we learn these stories again and again and again. It's like, where did I, why? It's, it reminds me, it's like I always go back to like, Rivka's being talked about a lot today, but I always go back to Rivka's question of like, who cares if I am making a dear betachtonim in my heart and soul if the world isn't ready? if the world isn't changing. And it's like, where did we learn that we do not have the world inside of us? Where did we learn that the power of me living and breathing the life that Hashem is creating me to be is not infinitely powerful and infinitely radiating within like the outskirts of reality and within the depth of reality. Like where did, like he was saying, where did I learn? Because like I just, like it's almost like we have to shift our mind from being like, I am this insulated, insular one person in this one life doing these things, getting from here to there. And it's like, can we notice that we are actually so much more infinite than we've ever thought we were? And it's like, science is saying this already clearly that we're all A, so interconnected, but B, like, I heard recently that like within one cell is the same energy as like the whole universe or something like that. Like, like we're not small and we're not, not only not limited, it's like we don't end and start where our perception of ourselves do. And from that place, where do we end up wanting to go? From that place where we end up wanting to go is into Tara. Like when I realize the depth of the universe, what I end up wanting to do is learn Tara. I end up wanting to engage not with some ethereal concept of who I could be, but what I end up wanting to do is engage with my life, with the details of my life, with the way that Hashem is creating me to live right now. And it's like, goes back to Orbitz and like Orbitz and goes, one of like the, the stories that I have always connected to, even though like I never connected to her, is like when somebody asked her like what her favorite moment is, and she's like, my favorite moment is this moment, the moment I'm in right now. And, the, and once I like went on this trip, I'm like, whoa, like I see that thread in all her stories, in all her stories. And then, and then the craziest thing, if you really want to go there, is then you see that thread in the way that the Rebbe's sikha has changed once, once an elephant and bay started happening, that like, it stopped being rah, 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 go push, go do, ba 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 ba, And it starts being like, open your eyes, you're in the reality that you're meant to be in. Mashiach is in your reality, you have to open your eyes and see it. And it's like, that's Malchus, that's Rebbe Tanchai Mashka saying, Eilam Hazeh, I don't have to leave Eilam Hazeh to find Zekeli. Within the Yamsuf is the miracle. Within my animal soul, within the life of a Bainani, is the victory. Is the, with, like, within the jungle is the garden. Within the animal soul is the godly soul. Within, 
like within the exact details and confinement of my life is in Sof Mamish and I don't have to change it or leave it or go beyond it in order to find it. And on the contrary, when I can tap into that space inside of me that says that Mamish, like, this is the essence of everything, where, where else do I want to be if not for this moment? Like, where else do I want to go if not for the exact details of my life? Oh, it's my animal soul saying, but I need these details to change in order, in order to have true life. I don't want true life to happen here. I want true life to happen when fill in the blank. I want to start living real life when this happens. I want to, hi, animal soul. Hi, hi, precious inner child that is telling me that you are so afraid that you, the animal soul's God, the animal soul makes, is, is always looking for God. The animal soul doesn't, doesn't have God naturally. He, she doesn't, he or she, whatever you want to call it, doesn't feel that Hashem is within her. She doesn't feel at home. And so she's looking for homes in all of these external things. It, it sounds funny, but I, I look, I'm looking for home in getting married. I'm looking for home in getting a certain amount of money. I'm looking for home in having a certain kind of relationship. I'm looking for home in looking a certain way. I'm looking for home in, we're looking for this sense of self in all these other areas. It's always animal soul. Godly soul says, I find home where I am because this is where God is. My target of where I can find my home and find my essential sense of self is not a moving target. It's not that I will find it there. It's in Ailam Hazah, I can find Hashem. In this, I can find Hashem too. So, L'chaim Levracha, with the power of Rabbi Chaim Mishka, vested in me. No, I'm just kidding. But with the power, yeah, I guess with the power of Malchus that we all have inside of us, I bless us to just notice, even for a moment today, that Malchus is not something that we have to receive. We already are this place of Malchus. We already are. We are not separate beings from Hashem. We are not separate beings. And the, the detail that's coming up from your animal soul right now, talking from your body into your mind, saying, but this is actually an issue. I bless you to notice that even that is not separate. Even that deep desire and deep longing and deep wishing that something was different than it is, is also not separate from the unity of God. And we can actually dance within that desire too, just like Hannah, literally like her body was alive. Her body shook as she asked Hashem for what she needed. She was not frozen. She did not say, until this changes, I can't be alive. No, I'm alive with this desire. This desire is part of my fullness of my life. So, L'chaim Levracha, to living with the pleasure of every single aspect of who we are, because that's, that's what Malchus is. There's no exceptions. And even the thing that we're saying is the exception, not only it's not the exception, but the fact that you're having a voice that says that this is an exception, that also is not the exception. Like, there's never going to be a space where it's going to be like, oh, but this. <laughs> no, and that, and this, and this. This too is Hashem. This too is Hashem. This too is a place I can breathe. This too is a place I can breathe. That doesn't mean I accept, da-di-da-di-da, everything is perfect, now I don't. No. From this place, I'm alive with whatever I'm actually feeling, but not from a place of shortness of breath, not from a place of, this has to change in order for me to be okay. I'm, I'm with myself in all my moments. Hashem is with me in all of this. There's not going to be a final line that I'm going to think of that encapsulates everything that I'm thinking right now, so I'm just going to finish this now. Okay. <laughs>